0: Walsh got in possession, but he
1: wins it beautifully. McLaughlin chips the keeper
2: for a superb goal oh, for Pompey. Beautiful skills by Alan McLaughlin.
3: This is the official Pompey podcast. Earlier this year, Pompey fans were devastated to hear the news that Alan McLaughlin had passed away following a brave battle against cancer. He was remembered for being part of the 1992 side that came a whisker away from reaching the FA Cup final, but he had previously enjoyed significant success at Swindon Town and also scored a vital goal to secure World Cup qualification for the Republic of Ireland in 1994, meaning his legendary status stretched far beyond Fratton Park. Following his seven-year Pompey playing career, Mac's association with the club continued, first from the press box and then from the dugout. We spoke to three people who knew him best to find out more about Macca the player, of the pundit, Macca the coach and Macca the man. Alan McLaughlin scored 68 goals in 361 appearances for Pompey, including some strikes of real quality. Whilst Blues supporters were enjoying them from the stands, Alan Knight was watching them from in between the sticks, down the other end of the pitch.
2: As a player, I think we all know what a good player he was. He had the ability to open a game up. Yeah, you could pinpoint a pass, we talk about that now with what's going on now. I mean, he'd walk into any Premiership club now quite easily. Uh, could have probably even back then, to be honest. Obviously, Maca had the difficulty of coming from Southampton. Uh, he had to overcome that 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 side of it with obviously the supporters, but uh, he did that with nonchalance. Really, he uh, come out. Uh, And his ability, I think, shone through. And that's what I think, obviously, definitely won the supporters over and and, and what they saw in him in his time here. Um, As I say, off the pitch, because we had quite a young squad that was involved in that with, obviously, Ulfs and Darryl Powell and Darren Anderton and that. And he was was, uh, a mentor to those young players coming through uh, as well. I think they looked up to him and... And saw what what he had achieved, and 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 was going to go on to achieve, obviously in in his international career. And as I say, for myself, to have a that sounds a bit um, <laughs> a bit selfish, but no, to have Maka in the side was was important for the balance on on experience as well. I think, and uh, I think he brought that to, definitely brought that to, to that that team at that time. The supporters fell in love with Maka. They saw that he played as he as he was. He was honest, he didn't suffer falls uh, on and off the pitch Uh, but he had a great personality, both on and off the pitch, I'm going to say that a few times Um, and I think that's what got him the respect that he had and that he, he thoroughly deserved as well
0: and Powell coming in at the back oh
1: and he dropped it, the goalkeeper and that's an absolute gift Crossley had the ball in his hands and Within two minutes, the lead is taken. A goalkeeper
0: is in despair, and McLaughlin is given an absolute gift.
3: One of Macca's most memorable Pompey goals came in an FA Cup quarter final against Nottingham Forest. It proved to be the winner, setting up a semi final with Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I did say to him I would have preferred him to have scored in the 91st minute instead of the first minute, but yeah, because it was a long, long old game after that goal, but no. Um, and, and probably the easiest of goals thanks to Mark Crossley's uh, fumble but a really important one um, and yeah I mean he'll always be remembered for that um, scored some fantastic goals in his time as well none more so than the ones he did when playing for the Republic and, and the one that got him into the World Cup and stuff like that um, but yeah, I mean, I can't talk, Kylie, and it's very easy when someone's passed and and you've lost someone to be over something over the top with praise or whatever. But I can't, I can't find words to praise Macca enough. Um, and he was a humble guy and uh, lovely family. Feel for them, uh, uh, obviously. Um, but there's another little story about Macca for me. They were, he was with the Republic out in America uh, in the World Cup. I was out there on holiday with a mate um, and they were playing in Orlando. We were down Disney World and I managed to get hold of Mac uh, uh, wherever they were training out there and said could you put a couple of tickets on and they weren't actually for me. I was on holiday, I wasn't going to go and watch football, I was going to watch it by the pool on the telly but he sorted out two fantastic tickets for my mate Paul and that, that, that shows you Macca would always help out whenever possible to me. If I go back to the semi-final and the semi-final replay he always, uh, beat him up, he beat himself up, it's not the right word because everyone, all, all that group that played in those two games, I'm always, I always get stick that I had a chocolate wrist and should have put the free kick round the post And then there's alls for being lazy and shouldn't have give the free kick away, Guy Whitten losing the ball up the top and all this. And everyone sort of like jokingly sort of give each other stick about that first game. And then in the second game, it was Maka hitting the bar. Um, We jokingly always thought, well, if Maka had done that, we'd have gone through. It's just a normal bit of banning. But he took that quite personally. And it it wasn't because of what we were saying, because he... I think he beat himself up and that played on him a little bit, bless him. But everyone had had Obviously, the manager, Jim Smith, predominantly at that time, would be the one, well, I'm going back to the, the team, that obviously had the semi-final and the playoffs. So I'll, I'll, I'll focus on that more. But obviously, Jim would have his say, as, long as along with Graham Padden, Neil Sillett at the time. But then Maka would obviously interject with obviously his own thoughts and... And, and his views on, on how he thought things would be going. Um, but also we had some, we did have some funny moments in between all those sort of things. I mean, I always remember Maka. There, there was a song out at the time by Steps Tragedy, which was a cover of the Bee Gees song. And there was a dance routine that Steps used to do where they used to get their hands at the side. And if people could remember now and again on pitches, definitely in training, but sometime on the pitch would do the, the hands by the side of, just to emulate that something had gone wrong and it was a tragedy going on somewhere along the line. So, uh, as I say, so there was those little things, but I don't want that to take away from the fact that he was a focused, thoroughly professional footballer. And that's what he was. Look, I mean, he, he loved the club. He loved the supporters. Um... And his longevity, I mean, you're never going to get on with everyone all the time when you're at, in whatever work you're in. And even when, um, I'll be diplomatic in hell, but this, even when something had maybe upset him or someone in particular had upset him, he was big enough and man enough to, to put that to the side, to still come along, do the commentary. I know some players in the past who won't walk back through the door because They've fallen out with someone at some stage over it. But it showed Macca still loved the club. Well, he did. He loved the club. He loved the supporters. And I think, as I said earlier, they loved him back and showed that respect every time Macca was around.
3: In March 2021, a statement was released by Alan McLaughlin and his family detailing his battle with cancer. He was living with renal cell carcinoma, having first been diagnosed with a kidney tumour in 2012.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen the stuff on, 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 on the social media from other players lads that he played with in, in the Republic and he, he kept returning WhatsApp messages or, or, or whatever text messages because uh, guys were obviously, and, and people were obviously uh, concerned about Mac and, and he would always reply. And I had that with him. I mean, I will always remember the, the last conversation I had with him. Uh, I will keep that private because, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep that to myself. But that, that was tough. And, uh, but he was, yeah, you're right. He, 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 all he went through in those 10 years, anyone that has to go through... Well, whether it's, yeah, anyone has to go through through, through battles with cancer and, and the like, it's, 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 it's horrible. And he, he'd done it for 10 years and and it, it just kept coming back. I mean, um, but he, yeah, he had great humility and, 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 you know, as I say, I, 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 I'm not eloquent enough to, to put across just uh, how hard he, 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 he battled that and, and never made didn't make a fuss, never did. Never did make a fuss and uh, I never made an excuse of it at any time. So, yeah, just the uh, horrible, horrible disease.
3: Allen left Pompey in 1999 to join Wigan, later having brief spells at Rochdale and Forest Green. But he was back at Fratton Park just a few years after his playing career ended, not on the pitch, but on the airwaves. Nights knew Macker as a teammate, journalist Chris Wise knew him as a co-commentator. We
0: kind of first met in about 2006, I think. Um, the radio station brought brought Alan in. Um, initially, when he came in, he was working alongside Sam Matterface for the first season. That that Macca was at the key, and then. Sam departed uh, for for bigger things, and I I took Sam's Sam's role on. So therefore, I started working with with Maka very closely. So that was about 2007 when our relationship really started forming. I would say when we when, when we started covering Portsmouth week in week out, uh, home and away, all those long car journeys, those hotel stays. Um, the, the the on-air relationship that you get when you're working with someone on radio. Um, so yeah, our, our professional relationship, but also our, our friendship sort of blossomed from there. Even though, and I'm sure many people will say this about, about Macca is that he was a really private person and um, he didn't, he didn't let too many people in. And, but I've only found that out about Macker as the, as the years went on, that wasn't obviously something that I initially knew but the more that I learned about Maka I think the more privileged I felt about our relationship because I suddenly realized that actually there weren't that many people that he let into his his life and he liked to keep himself to himself um so the fact that I was fortunate enough to to be deemed worthy I guess of being have been in his life meant um meant a lot to me it 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 really did um we 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 very quickly became friends i mean he he is such an easy person to to get on with he he really is he's got a terrific sense of humor and um a wonderful personality and he's so he was so kind and he was so generous and he was so selfless that for someone that wanted to to be friends with him, he was a he was a very very easy person to want to be mates with. Um, the difficulty was was him wanting to be mates with you, really.
3: More than five hundred appearances across an illustrious career put him in pretty good stead to be able to provide an insight into games.
0: That was something that was very obvious as well when when Macca kind of started dipping his toe in the in the broadcasting world. Um, what became very clear very quickly was that he was extremely analytical and it takes a certain something and a certain someone to be able to pick up a, a microphone and talk and try to explain something as it's happening but he he had this ability and obviously he did because he, he played the game to an extremely high standard But that doesn't necessarily mean that you then have the ability to communicate that um in the broadcast world but but he did because he he could read a game and he could instantly offer up and and sometimes in layman's terms as well without being too technical and and risking isolating certain certain listeners he had this brilliant ability to transmit and take all that information and relay it to the audience in a way that they understood what he was what he was saying and the point that he was trying to get across so i would say that he got his head around that really quickly. Um, he, he was always prepared, Maka, always prepared. Um, he'd, he'd come to games with his... Uh, I'll, 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 never, I'll never forget it because he always came with the, with the same notebook and the same pen and he was, he was really, really organised and ready for every game and he had little bits and pieces and, and stats written down on all the teams. And he, really, he really made an effort he really did make an effort and it and it sort of sums him up really as mm. as a person because he he had attention to detail and if he was going to do something he was going to do it properly and he took that attitude into broadcasting in exactly the same way he did as a player he just wanted to to be as good as he possibly could at it he he'd he'd have ongoing jokes as well so because we covered the club for years and years you'd see the same sort of opposition players Cropping up, and um, he'd have the. He, for example, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. This is an absolutely ridiculous uh, example, but this is him all over. This there was a there was a regular period, obviously, where Portsmouth were playing against um, Chelsea, and you might remember Chelsea had a player playing for them at the time called Solomon Kalou. Yeah, and I cannot tell you the number of times where Portsmouth played Chelsea, and I could see him in his seat just itching for the first mistake that Kalu made be it a, a misplaced pass or a shot that went wide or the ball getting away from him he wanted to say every single time and he must have made this joke about 10 times he hadn't got a Kalou and he would this was this was like an ongoing joke for Macca that he um, that he absolutely loved he loved he loved telling that joke I mean it was just a ridiculous quip but it's him all over really because he had a he had such a silly sense of humor and actually the more Ridiculous and stupid the joke, uh, the funnier it was to him. He loved a dad joke back at it. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that I, I guess I'd say about him was that with with Alan, what you saw was was what you got. And when we would be going to games, be it at Fratton Park, where we'd be walking through the concourse to get up to the press area, or on away games, where quite often we would bump into Portsmouth fans out and about, you know, ahead of ahead of a match. And obviously, he's a very recognisable figure, so uh, he would constantly have Portsmouth fans coming up to him. But he was always respectful, always took time to speak to people, to listen, to ask their opinions about what they thought about the game. And it didn't matter to Maka whether he was speaking to the person on the street or the chairman of a football club, he spoke to everybody and treated everybody in exactly the same way, and providing that he got that back from you, then you had his respect. I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved working with him at, at the key. And um, obviously, in the last few months, in particular, I've reflected on that a lot. But it isn't really until it's all it, it's all over and you finish. That little period of our of our lives that I realised how much I loved it, and how much I reflect on that as being a, a wonderful part of my life. And off the back of it, amongst many things that I was fortunate enough to to get from that experience was a, a friendship with Mecca, a friendship that went beyond. A working relationship. Um, we we became very very good friends from that, and all off the back of being flung together to speak on air about football. It's not a bad ball. Oh, challenge didn't need to be made there, I think. And Chaplin. Oh, what an audacious effort, Connor Chaplin.
3: Connor Chaplin was part of the Pompey Academy conveyor belt that also included the likes of Jack Watmore. Ben close Adam Webster Dan Butler and many more.
1: I was a kid then. I was I was a young young kid sort of trying to trying to make my way in the game and he was someone that you look at and before he had before he, he had the the first lot of cancer he um, he would sort of do things in training and shooting drills that sort of the lads would be in awe of um, he'd do like a demo so if we're doing a shooting drill um, he just do a quick demo, maybe one shot, and he put one in the top bin, um, and he he just start laughing, and everyone else is laughing, sort of in a bit of a in awe of him, really.
3: In in terms, so, of he, the, he, so he knew how good he was. Basically. Yeah, he was
1: just laughing, then he would just say a slight little comment about playing in a World Cup or playing for your country, just saying like no coincidence, and <laughs> he was brilliant with things like that, um, and it was sort of that that side of him was. Was so funny. He had probably one of the best humour ever. Um, dry humour. Um, but yeah, he was brilliant. He was it was amazing. It was definitely inspiring in terms of seeing him day to day, um, not letting that phase in, not letting that get in the way of his his coaching, his managing, um, his job as such, um, and also having such a positive impact on on so many lads that were in the group, um, which was a good group as well. Um yeah, he had a really, really positive impact on, on a lot of the lads. Um, and that's obviously through a through a tough period in his time as well, which speaks volumes. I'll be honest with you, when which was obviously it's not it's not nice, but I I looked at it and read and watched all the videos. Um when he sadly passed away, I watched all the tributes, um, all the stories and things like that. Um and that's probably when I really realised how how special he was as a player. Um, which is sad really because I wish I'd have known that before Um, but like you said it was before my time but he's someone that I spoke to a lot in terms of advice um, in probably quite important times of my career I do really wish that I knew how special he was as a player um, when I was having those chats with him and things like that Um, it would have been that little bit extra special but that sort of that also sums him up as well he's he's not going to be someone that Sort of blows his own trumpet to say, and he's he never sort of talked too much about his career. So um yeah, I, I kind of wish I didn't know, but on the other time I really I really enjoyed, and it. it was emotional watching and, and reading the tributes as well. The first time that I'd say I had her, not not an academy coach, train me. Academy coaching is a lot different to first team coaching to players that have played at, at the top level like he has. Um, it's a lot more reality um, in terms of what he expects from you in training sessions rather than sort of just passing drills, just possession-based things. Um, but yeah, having the ability to train just as hard as you as you play or you want to play. Um, he was a big driver in that and something that that stuck with me as well. So little things like that um, day-to-day was so so good to, to sort of play for as a manager um, and to have him coaching sessions it was no I really enjoyed um, really enjoyed it so I couldn't speak highly enough in terms of the sessions that he put on as a coach um, and the way he was as a person leading those sessions as well one piece of advice is that he told me and he didn't tell me individually he told us as a group of players I can't remember when it was under 16s or maybe as a youth team player um, he said there's more lows than highs in football and that is something that has stuck with me forever um and it couldn't be more true as well. Um it's fine when you when you go and score a goal or a couple of goals and you win. But this the, in reality there's there's always going to be more lows than in your career than highs because of the nature of the game. Um losing, injuries, um, managers not liking you, uh fans have an opinion on you that you don't think's fair, you don't agree with all all things like this. Um that was what he meant by it and i probably didn't realize that until i was a player maybe 22 23 and he was telling me when i was a 16 year old um and i always remember that as well and I, and i think that helps massively because when i had sort of spells where maybe i was injured or i wasn't playing um i always sort of remember that and i remember exactly how he said it i remember exactly where it was um that's the one bit of advice that is probably so important to to me to not get, and, and to the other people as well, because I know people that you said it to in the group remember exactly the same as me. It was that sort of, I don't know, it wasn't a, it's just a moment where you sort of always, always remember and always look back on. Um, so whenever I have sort of times in my career where it's not going too well or, or things aren't great, then I always remember that and it sort of it lets me not not get too down um just remember that that's that's the way the game is sometimes um and you'll have another high around the corner
3: but what about the no nonsense side to maca that others have spoken about
1: i didn't but i didn't luckily um i think he had a soft spot for me um but i know plenty of people that did um and i would said it plenty of times as well um as a i think we played in maybe a 23s 23s game possibly um <laughs> it was that gospel away right? and I was I was a really young lad I think I was maybe first year first year scholarship um first year apprentice playing for the 23s um I was a sub I came on um and I remember after the game I went out to warm up uh to warm up to run after the game because I didn't play loads of minutes um and I could hear him from from the pitch outside, it was yeah, it was uh, it was brutal. And the lad sort of when we got in the bus, everyone's got the Reds down and a bit scared. But that's it. He had a great aura about himself, and there was definitely a no-nonsense side to him that everyone respected as well.
3: Ahead of the 2018-19 season, Connor left Pompey to join Coventry City on loan. By that point, Macker was managing Swindon Town's academy.
1: When I decided that I needed to leave Pompey for sort of my career and things like this, he was someone that. He without even asking him, I think he knew that knew the stage I was at in my career he knew what I was like as a lad as well um just wanting to play football and prove myself um he actually sort of rung me and and texted me um before I'd even reach out for advice, which is sort of amazing for someone like him to do that for, for obviously a young player at the time obviously maybe send me through under sixteen um youth team so it feels like I don't know. Maybe he felt like he had a he had a duty to do that. He had a responsibility to do that. But, re- in reality, he didn't at all. He was just trying to help. Um, that was in his nature. Um, and they were crucial for me actually when he sort of first reached out to, to sort of see how I was about about it, to see how it was going, um, how I was trying to go about things because it does get a little bit political at times with football clubs in, in terms of moving. Um, the club didn't want to didn't want to sell me at the time. Um, it was purely just. from myself Um, and he was amazing like really good he sort of told me about things he'd experienced um, told me about doing things the right way Um, and probably without that um, well without that advice without that mentorship I don't think that I I would have gone about it the right way I don't think I don't know how how that would have worked so yeah he was he was massive for me in that that point mainly Um, and then again whenever i sort of left when I did leave Pompey um, he'd almost sort of text me majority of the times I scored um, or scored a winner or anything like this he'd he'd always text me and he'd always mention about sort of making the right decision and and things like that and obviously just sort of making me feel feel good Um, and yeah that was just that's kind of what he was like and um, no it it makes me does make me smile talking about it because he was such a such a pivotal part in that moment of my, of my career
3: just a couple of days after macker's sad passing Connor now a championship player with Barnsley scored against Norwich City he lifted up his shirt to reveal three words thank you macca
1: a couple of weeks before before macca passed um, I'd sent him a text I saw I was the same as everyone else I saw um I saw his statement on on Twitter um, and I read that and it knocked me back a bit I am I was very surprised I didn't realise that things were like that for himself um, I knew he'd, he'd been struggling for a little bit in terms of health wise um, I didn't realise quite how severe it was um, so I didn't want to sort of read that and, and text him straight away I read that and I sort of waited a couple of weeks um, so I knew he was probably going to be getting a lot of messages so I didn't know whether he was going to reply I didn't sort of know what What the situation was with him, but I did just I just knew I wanted to reach out to him and sort of offer my support and say that I was obviously thinking of him just as much as as everyone else was. Um, and then he just he obviously sent back a reply as well and he just said in his reply about me scoring, um, to make him feel a bit better. So, yeah, he's that was really special to me, uh, really special, and it was one of them that I don't know whether sometimes stars just align. I knew I was going to score before the game. Um, I knew for a fact and that was something that was on my mind. Um, if I did score, I went to sort of dedicate it to Mako because he was a big part in, in my development as a, and I said it at the time, as a player and, and as a as a man as well. So, And him sort of sending that text to me to sort of just say to me that if next time I did score, um, it, obviously the, the way that it would make him happy as well so I'm, I'm glad that it was under those circumstances um, after he'd passed away but I'd like to think that it was it was a nice tribute to him um, and his family as well which obviously everyone's fought to with it at the time and, and are now
3: right, In July 2016, a benefit fixture was held for Macker against AFC Bournemouth at Fratton Park. It was a chance for Pompey fans to show their appreciation for a club legend. Ahead of the game, he made his way up the Fratton end steps and watched the match with the supporters who saw him as a hero. Whether it's through the goals he scored, the moments he shared on the radio, or the players he helped develop, the memory of Maka will live on.